It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. With me today, Dr. Audrey Jericho. She's an OBGYN with Intermountain Wasatch Gynecology. We've been talking about traumatic stress. Events that cause harm to our emotional and physical well-being. And the doctor uh, has been talking about, uh, you've been talking about pretty much the positive changes that you've made in healthcare to really help people. So, doctor, talk, talk a little bit more about this. Give us some more information about how healthcare is impacting this positive change. I'm just so excited about the opportunities because I think this is one area that we are just beginning to understand. And... The opportunities are limitless. I think we have amazing chance to improve healthcare, decrease violence, decrease cost of healthcare by just recognizing the impact of traumatic stress, recognizing those signs and symptoms, and then fully integrating that into the future of healthcare. So I think it's just an amazing opportunity for us as healthcare providers to make our jobs more more interesting and impactful, but also for patients, obviously, to help get them to where they need to be, where the help um, is really going to have a positive impact. What have you heard from your patients in your practice? What have they told you about these screenings and how they have changed their lives? I feel like the most important thing that that I've seen is for patients to understand that they're not alone, that they're part of this community, and that, you know, sometimes I'll have a patient who's 60 years old who was sexually assaulted when she was 14 and never told anyone. And just to be able to tell her, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you and it wasn't your fault is really, really powerful. And it's not going to fix or solve all the problems of our world, but those interactions can be really, really powerful for people just to hear that. And then what resources are available? Are there enough resources for people, enough programs to really help them? We can always do better, but I feel like things are much better now than they were five years ago. We're really looking at expanding the number of trauma-informed therapists who can um, use some of these therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy or EMDR. There are certain type of therapies that tend to be better for people with post-traumatic type symptoms. So I'm really excited about that. And then there's a lot of great work going on with prevention right now as well. So there's a nurse-family partnership where we have nurses doing home visits with people who are vulnerable and that's been proven to decrease healthcare costs. There are other programs in colleges like the Green Dot program, which is shown to decrease the rates of sexual harassment and stalking, and a fabulous program called Coaching Boys into Men, which is an evidence-based program 
which involves coaches um, giving information to their athletes about respect and consent and healthy relationships. So those type of things are really exciting to me. Right. Before I let you go, we will give all of the resources at the end of the program. But I, I'm wondering, what is, what is the final message that you would like to leave with people today? How can we help them the most? I would just like people to know that healthcare is really working on these things to try to have a more integrated program and take into account all the different things that impact health. And that the evidence is really, really clear that if we can help people identify these problems and connect them to resources, we really can improve health and decrease cost, decrease violence. So the evidence is just really crystal clear that these efforts are going to result in happier lives and healthier people. So just work with us. And if your healthcare providers begin asking you about these things, uh, don't be taken aback by them. This is kind of the new standard of what we should be doing. And if they don't ask you, you may want to say, hey, um, I've heard that screening for domestic violence in women is kind of standard now. Um, is there a reason you're not doing that? And you can refer them to me, and I can help them out with that. Awesome. So for anyone who has experienced domestic violence, where would be the resource that you think is most beneficial to them? I think the Utah Domestic Violence Link Line is the best place to go because they can connect you with advocates that are in your area. And that number is 1-800-897-5465. We've talked about a number of areas that cause traumatic stress, uh, child abuse, neglect. Where would you send folks who really need that information? I think the trcutah.org website is a great place to start with that. And Safe and Healthy Families is another excellent place to go. Just so much good information out there. Um, let's give the Utah Domestic Violence Viol- yeah. Utah Domestic Violence Coalition hotline. That is one eight hundred eight nine seven link or one eight hundred eight nine seven five four six five. And anything else that you'd like to add, Doctor? That's it. I want to go back just for a second because this, when we began the program, people who are just tuning in didn't hear you talk about why you thought this was so important for an OBGYN to be doing this and what you saw in your office. And if you could just share just a couple of comments about why this means so much to you. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a patient of mine who was a 21-year-old who was pregnant and in labor for the first time. And she happened to have an opioid use problem um, that started out taking pills and then moved to injecting heroin. And I happened to be up at 2 a.m. and just went in her room and sat down by the bedside and talked to her while she was in labor. And I always ask my patients who are using, whether it's methamphetamine or heroin or whatever substance, you know, when was the first time you, you tried it? And I had her tell me the story, and it was just really tough because here she's a 21-year-old. She's wanting to do the right thing. She's wanting to get sober. She's really, really struggling. And she told me the story of um, her childhood, which was she witnessed uh, really 
extensive domestic violence in her parents. And one of her parents had a severe substance use disorder as well. So she was 14 the first time she took a Percocet. And she was just really trying to escape because no one had helped her with these problems, identified these problems. And those Percocets ended up leading to heroin addiction. And I found so often my pregnant patients who are using methamphetamine or heroin or other substances, they're just really self-medicating. And so many of these folks have experienced serious traumatic stressors. And unless we start screening for them and helping to connect these folks, we're not going to get on top of the substance use problem or the suicide problem in our state. So big opportunity there. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. With me today, Dr. Audrey Jericho. She's an OBGYN with Intermountain Wasatch Gynecology. You've been listening to Healthy Mind Matters.